Hi, I'm Sarah Shea. And I'm Strangely Duesberg. Welcome to the Pilot House. A podcast where we watch all the shows we missed the first time around. And try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. Hello everybody, welcome to a very special catch-up episode of Pilot House. Where we will be discussing Season 1 of Lost Girl. So spoilers for the entire first season of Lost Girl, in case you're doing your homework before you listen to the pro- the program with us. Yes, please be either a person who does not care at all about spoilers, or a person who has watched at least season one of Lost Girl, because we are not holding back. We are getting into all the details. That's right. Uh, for, for those of you who may have not listened to a catch-up episode before, essentially this is a less edited, less scripted, more of a... Freeform, off- fun yeah. chat about a show that we have previously discussed, and which we, at least one of us, and in this case both of us, have then watched the full first season. So, here we go. <laughs> spoilers ho! The, here there be spoilers. Uh, so, Lost Girl, if you haven't listened to our first episode about it, I would recommend that. If you somehow just downloaded this because you saw Lost Girl, oh, I like that show. Uh, listen to our other episode where we just watch the pilot and then pick... Uh... Oh my freaking God, are you serious? This this hammering was not happening until we started recording. Yeah. Literally. I'm going to take down the address of those guys out there and go to their house and do this while they're trying to sleep. Yeah. Do we, should we start over? I think we're, I think we're fine. This yeah. is still a relatively short intro. Yeah. I think we've, for us. we've covered, <laughs> for us, we've covered what needs, what needs a covered. All right. So let's launch into it. We are going to start with 20 minutes of what we loved about the show. Then we will go into 20 minutes of what we maybe didn't love so much about the show. 20 minutes being the max. We can always wrap up sooner if we we feel it. But uh, knowing us, that won't happen. And then we'll do a little bit of a short lightning round where we ask each other any questions or bring up any topics that didn't naturally come up in the conversation. So here we go. I'm about to hit. I'm about to start the timer. All right. 20 minutes on the clock. Go. Going. All right. What do we love about Lost Girl? It's great. That's what we love about it. It's ridiculous and silly, but like the world building has been really good. Overall, the world building in this show is fantastic yeah. just because it doesn't really have very much expo log, period. Like, yeah. It's, it's, characters only say things that they, w- they would say. Uh, people don't, you know, it's like, as you know... As yeah. my brother. Yeah. How yeah. long have you been my brother? <laughs> there's there's definitely been a lot of really good, just subtle ways of mentioning things about the universe. And one of the things I hate with world building is when somebody thinks of a really good thing for a world building thing in a book series or a movie, but they haven't established it previously. So then they just like bring it up and they'll be like, it'll be like season three of a show and someone will mention an annual event that the yeah. audience avatar is like, what's what's all this about? And the person's like, haven't haven't you ever noticed our annual dog show? I'm looking at you, Eureka. <laughs> <laughs> they did so good a thing on that show where there was like a big annual dog they, yeah. contest or something and they were like, oh, it's a huge deal. And the new guy character was like, oh, how- Oh, interesting. But he doesn't go, how did I miss this the last two years I've been living in your freaking town? Anyway, we're not talking about Eureka. 
<laughs> no, no. Wait, I, they... Sarah, I do not want to talk about Eureka. <laughs> but in Lost Girl, they're... They do one of this like, oh, it's this hugely important holiday in the Fae world. But they managed to think of that idea in the first season. So it makes sense for our audience avatar, Bo. Banging away. I'm sorry, there's some work people across the street and they're just going to be banging away and you guys are just going to have to live with it. Just imagine that the Dark Fae are knocking our door down, trying to get us to stop talking about their secrets. Um, it, It... that was one of my favorite episodes, specifically Fay Day is the name of the episode. It's on my list of things that I loved as well. The, yeah. The the world building in that episode was so rich and deep oh, while yeah. also the episode having a plot. Yeah. Like and and discovering the the discovering the things about the world was intrinsic to the plot. Like there was a reason for the audience avatar character who for us is Bo. Mm-hmm. There was a reason for her to be really invested in understanding the particular rules of this new paradigm yeah that this holiday introduced like oh it was so good yeah it was well done and not only did it do a little bit of world building of explaining oh here's some more information about how the fey world works and how we interact and here's a holiday that we celebrate and how it affects our culture it also was an opportunity to reveal really subtly a big piece of information about the actual overarching plot which is that trick is the 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 blood king or whatever like the this big reveal that trick is not all that he seems which we already knew that but this is the first time what we were learning something about that he is a a significant figure of some kind and that dyson knows it and like clearly this reveal of trick is not something that just like they came up with in that episode like they've been building to it for a long time and I, i i like there's 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 these moments of him earlier where it's implied that he has more power yeah. and so on but it 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 all finally comes together in this episode and it it's just the kind of reveal that like is so often poorly teased out like yeah. they know that they're going to it so they they keep teasing it with like the same set of information or the you're more powerful than they know. You're more powerful than they It's like, yeah, we get it, but why? Yeah, yeah But this exactly. is like, it, it ramped up into his reveal so it was well. such a good reveal. That particular episode was just, just crafted so well. It introduced a character that was, it was a one-off character for that episode, but like, that was really fun and interesting. And it, it was, it was great character development for Kenzie too. Uh-huh. This was the first episode where Kenzie didn't drive me freaking bonkers. We'll get that, do that in, the, in our next 20. Uh, but... I just realized while you were talking about that, strangely, that I had intended to start this episode with a very specific topic, and then we just launched into general things, but Something we that you have love. to stop. We have to stop. What do you love, Sarah? Strangely, we have to stop and talk about the sexy wolfman in the room. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I can't believe that I didn't immediately jump on the strangely vindication train. I, I can't believe you were the first person to bring that up. It yes, just so. shows what a what a caring, sweet individual yeah, I am that so I didn't selfless. immediately bring this up. So, as you know, if you listened to our first episode, I was one thousand percent convinced that Dyson was supposed to be a vampire. Strangely, was equally convinced he was supposed to be. A, a, a wolf. wolf or werewolf or werewolf, something, something like that. To the point that I referenced it in the Winona Earp episode. I made that yep. joke about he sucks. 
His name is Dyson because he sucks. Dyson's a brand of vacuum, if you didn't know that. It's, I, like, I, I completely forgot. I made that joke after watching the show and then establishing that he was a wolf shapeshifter. I still, my brain was so convinced that he was a but, vampire. But it's good because in, in Pilot House canon, you hadn't watched more of the show yeah, yet. So it's fine. It's fine. fine. That's how convinced I was. And I was wrong. They establish within a couple of episodes that he is some sort of wolf shapeshifter. We still don't know that much about what that means. He's not a werewolf. It's not triggered by the moon. Yeah, it... it he, sh- he shapeshifts into a wolf and has access to certain wolf-like abilities. As we're, we see in the first episode, he's got the this, this, like, super sense of smell. He's also very old. Yeah, he's also very long-lived. So that's just, yeah. that seems to be a trope of the fae in this universe in general. It's not, an, it's not just of... Not a trope, sorry, a trait of... Everyone in this universe is kind of... If you're fae, you're pretty long-lived. You're not immortal... It, the, there's not certain only certain ways that you can die. They yeah. never mention anything about. No, I think so. I think uh, Dyson does mention at some point that he can be hurt by silver, but not just a silver bullet, and not you know. Right. It's it's, it's not that that's the only way to kill him. There are other ways that he can die. His life is threatened at other times in the show. It seems to be just yeah. He is centuries old. We established it, at this it, point. It, it kind of seems to be implied that that fey on fey violence is how. Fay generally die. Yeah. Or like the the sort of pitchfork wielding human mob type deal. Like there are ways that humans can kill them, but it like in general the in general the Fey are not plagued by like the ailments of aging, yeah. disease, etc. Unless it's a Fey specific disease like yeah. magic spider hookum or whatever. Oh yeah. Or the the that super, super deadly foot. Yeah, Deadly Foot. Oh, those people are so great. I can't remember the name of that race, and I didn't oh, the, look up whether the corpse eater. Yeah, people. Like, if you if you had told me in advance, okay, they're eventually gonna introduce a, a race of fae who eat corpses, and they're gonna be really sweet and delightful. I'd be like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. But they are. They're like, oh, we would never take a human life. Yeah. Just eat their dead that are that were sick, and they're that way we like absorb the sickness and prevent it from getting out. It's like they make it a good thing, and I'm like, I love this show. They managed to make corpse eating fae really adorable and like a good thing for humanity. Which, which is something that I I love about the show in general is that a lot of the, the show seems interested in playing against stereotype for a lot of the types of creatures and things like mm-hmm. even the, the even Bo being a succubus like I was kind of like how is this show going to be like interesting like is she just gonna like sex everybody all the time or whatever like and mm-hmm. because of her personality and how she's developed and how she's discovered this she's not that interested in like the sexy side of it like yeah. like her even like like she's not just like you know, sucking succubus energy out of her. Like, when we finally do get the reveal of the season's, like, main villain, Big Bad, for the finale, yeah. uh, it's, you know, it's it's another succubus who yeah. is embracing, like, what you would stereotypically think of a succubus. Yeah. Is like, He's like, I have, I have human slaves that I keep in my thrall, men that I keep in my thrall yeah. to do my bidding. I don't, like, she finds out that that Bo works and it's like you work succubus don't work we yeah. like 
she says something about, oh yeah, I just, um, I just recently moved to town, thought I'd set up a few sugar daddies. Like this is just to her, at least this is the way that you live when you're a succubus. You manipulate humans to pay for your needs or whatever yeah. using your succubus powers. But because Bo was raised by humans, she did, she never kind of like got that. And she seems a little bit like, oh, that seems wrong. Yeah. So we get that she yeah she's not i mean sex is this show does not shy away from the sex you guys one of the other hilarious things that i was super wrong about in the initial discussion was i said uh that it would have been more powerful if they'd saved that kiss between dyson and Bo until like they had they like, had I, to to save they had life. to to save her life or something and then i like that's just so not where the show is going i like a slow burn myself the show mm. is a fast burn they make out in that first episode and then i think they bone in the second episode like they're they're going down to bone town they have a sexual sexual slash somewhat romantic relationship like almost right away yeah they come up with an excuse for them to have sex all the time which is that uh, uh lauren the doctor human doctor gives her the medic he gives her some sort of medicine or something that allows her to control her succubus succubus urges or something yeah. so she's less likely to kill somebody on accident but it inhibits her ability to heal herself yeah her like fey healing abilities which they also established i don't think it was really established in the pilot um but sucking dyson's energy helps her to heal herself and because he's fey he, she's, you know, not in danger of killing him. It's just like they come up with a plot, an in-universe excuse for them to bone constantly, and I loved it. Yeah, it's, it's like her recharge. <laughs> so, like, there, there are multiple episodes where she, like, stumbles in, like, bleeding, like, half dead, and then it just, like, jumps on Dyson. And he's like, well... Yeah, he's like, yeah. oh, yep. She's like, she's like, sorry, I got attacked by a frost giant. Let's bone. <laughs> so good. So amazing. I, I, I also... Like generally, for for me personally, I get annoyed when when shows or uh, or or books or whatever like play fast and loose with traditional interpretations of uh, mythology. Mm-hmm. So it's like if it's you know if it's like widely known that that you know vampires wouldn't stake through the heart. If that's like how it's always been, and then the show's like or the show or the movie thing is like, oh no, that won't kill us. It kind of annoys me because it feels like this really deliberate, like, tossing out of, like, an established mythology, which is why we love these things already is because yeah. they have rules and stuff. But with Lost Girl, there's a lot of fast and loose with the traditional mythology. But because it's, like, an across-the-board thing, yeah, I like it. And they don't make a deal of it. Yeah. But is it constantly going... Well, I thought that uh, you people could only do thing or whatever. And yeah. the person goes like, ugh, don't be ridiculous. She's not meeting a vampire and going, oh, I thought you hated garlic. And then going, ugh, don't be stupid. It's yeah. not a constant thing where they're making fun of her for There's, not knowing. They're not doing these changes in sort of a Joss Whedon-esque fourth wall breaky kind of way. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, everything you thought you knew about fairies or vampires or, or, or toaster kin is wrong. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's, it's, she kind of just goes, all right, whatever. She kind of takes it all in. She does occasionally, and Kenzie more than Bo occasionally make a stupid comment about like a a trope of some type of supernatural creature, but it's not, it's not a thing that the show is constantly harping on, which I appreciated. And 
I, I think that's one of the things that has most endeared the show to me is that it's playing by its own rules, but it's not playing by its own rules in a burn down the old, old world sort of way. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was something that um, by the time I was into my third season of Angel or whatever was just kind of like Ugh, about the Buffy verse is that like the show was so interested in a, subverting your expectations about supernatural shit that you could almost call it within it's mm-hmm. like oh there's a there's a there's a creepy doll probably will turn out to be the good guy mm-hmm. or like oh there's a you know there's a vampire getting followed by a small child probably the small child is a demon that eats, eats vampires and the vampires will team up with buffy in this episode or whatever like whereas this is just like I, I want to discover what this show has in store yeah. because of the ways in which it surprises me, but not necessarily surprising me by deliberately pulling one over on me. Yeah. Which, I, I, I don't know if I'm explaining the concept really well, but it, I just like, it just seems like the show is like, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's what will be fun or what will be interesting in the individual episode, which is my favorite thing about this show, is every single individual episode has its own, like, individual beginning, middle, end story arc. Yeah. In a, in a way that, like, we, we recently have watched through some of the first season of Winona, and it's like, it's trying to be this big season-long story while also having individual episodes, but often the story of the individual episode gets short shrift. Yeah. Whereas in this, like like the Fade episode had this whole thing about the the, the, the Fade and all the world building and everything like that. We didn't even mention in when we were talking about it a minute ago, the fact that it has this really interesting like family drama around a one off character. Yeah, yeah, Sean. Yeah. And like try the fact that you remember his name. That's kind of my thing. Yeah, but but still, like it's like he's a character who gets a beginning, middle, end family yeah. drama closure, like. And you knew, just because of the banshee and everything, you. I mean, I who didn't call it before it was actually revealed that he was going to be the one the banshee had screamed for. Like, yeah, we kind of knew he was going to die, and I suspected they were going to solve the thing, and they were going to be like, "We saved him," and he was going to die anyway. Yeah, I knew that that was going to happen, and yet I found myself being like, "But what if he didn't?" Because he's such a He's like a fun character and he and Kenzie have developed this cute little relationship. And anyway, there's, there was so much to like about that. And it was a whole episode of developing not only the culture of, oh, we have this one day a year. Um, oh, now I'm blanking on the name of the holiday. Um, it's like Shoshin. La Shoshin. La Shoshin. La Shoshin. And it's this holiday where they celebrate, and like the light and dark, you know, set down. There's no fey on fey violence. No one's allowed to use their like abilities against any other fey. And everyone just sort of like parties and hangs out. And it's like a day for everyone kind of to relax and and take a break or whatever from being crazy fey. And it just, you, but we also learn something about the history, about the Blood King, and like, a little bit about the history of the world. And then just in the very last couple of seconds, we get this super satisfying little like plot burst where Dyson and, and trick are sitting there and he goes like, cheers to the blood King and everything that you've sacrificed. And you're going just when you're going, wait, you and trick goes, don't call me that. And you're like, I, 
I, I, fuck, I was so good. I texted you immediately. I'm like, have you watched this episode yet? I honestly cannot believe that that entire episode was contained in 44 minutes. Oh, yeah. It's so much. It is on the level of, uh, what is it? The first episode of Doctor Who that Neil Gaiman wrote, um, where the TARDIS becomes a person and, like, you get that's, all this. That's not, I don't think it's the first one that he wrote, is it? It is. Oh. But, like, this idea where someone takes everything that's come before. Yeah. Recontextualizes all of that. Yeah. Gives you a, like, explodes the size of the world and the possibilities of the world. Yeah. While also giving you a satisfying, immediate plot that has beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. In and of itself. It's, like, I'm getting goosebumps with how much I love that episode. Yeah. And, plus, like, everybody's acting in it is fucking amazing like the 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 guest actor great rick howland's performance as I'm trick sorry. oh okay i was like wait he's great yeah like, oh i honestly i love trick he is so good he's the best he's the best i'm oh, sorry just in case anyone didn't listen to us and is listening to this episode without watching the whole first season trick is the bartender yeah we don't get his name in the pilot but yeah he is He's so delightful and just, I yeah, I love the actor in it. He is doing a great job. And he's, unfortunately, I have heard, I ran into a spoiler on the internet. Um, uh, and it's just killing me because I was really hoping it would be revealed by the end of the first season. And then we'd be able to talk about it. I'd be able to purge myself of holding onto this. But no, I have to hold onto the secret for probably a whole nother season. But th- this... This season had, I I was worried they were going to do the thing where they introduce a mystery in the, in the pilot. That's going to be the mystery of the whole show to hook you in the pilot. Who is Bo? Who are her parents? Where does she come from? And then they go, okay, now we're going to introduce some other bullshit plot to be the plot of the first season. And we're going to hold on to that for later. But Right in episode two, somebody's like shows up and goes, hey, I need your help, which that ends up being the day to day of the show is that Bo basically becomes like a private investigator, yeah. mostly working for other Faye. And because she is she refuses to pick a side between light and dark, both the light and the dark can come to her for help. And like this first episode, this guy shows up and is like, oh, hey, um, I maybe know who your mom is or something. And he's like, Whoa, I didn't think we we're going to go there that fast. We don't yeah. find it out until the end, and and then that ended up being the reveal of the first, at the end, the final episode of the first season. We is that Bo's mom is, and like she's the evil succubus. Yeah, like it's just great. And it's... and what a good way to do a reveal, introduce a new character. Because she's introduced then... in like episode ten or something. Yeah, she's introduced well before the finale. Oh, a new succubus! Finally, Bo gets to make a succubus friend. They have some fun succubus adventures. Bo learns a little bit about being a succubus, but then at the at that by the end of that episode, we learn that. This character, Saskia, has other ideas about how to be a succubus and maybe she and Bo don't see eye to eye about, like, yeah. morals. And we're like, oh, so she's going to be a bit of a foil to Bo. And then it's revealed at the end of the first season. Oh, which I called. Yeah. Did you call it? I that call she's it actually Bo's mom. Bo's mom. I didn't call it immediately. Like, another succubus must be Bo's mom. Oh, and that's oh, time! And that's our time. Oh, man. But we, we're allowed to wrap up a thought. At, wrap up when, the thought. When the timer happens. That... It's, it's, that's how you do introduce an, an, a somewhat innocuous character and then go, but guess what? She's the one we've been hinting this whole time. Hello, Winona Earp writers. This is how you freaking do it. Not, here's a new character. Oh, she's the stone witch. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I better keep it secret. She's the stone witch. I'm going to say it like two minutes after she first appears on screen. Sorry. Sorry. I couldn't hold on to it. This is how you do it. 
Speaking of things we feel negatively about. <laughs> Negatives. I'm starting the timer now. All right. So I just want to start this segment by saying, at least for me, overall, I have very positive, warm feelings about this show at the end of the first season. I like this show. I'm going to continue watching it, even though I definitely have some negatives. And we, you and I, as we've established through this podcast, are the kind of people who show our love for things by picking them apart and yeah. recognizing their flaws. Yeah, I mean... I, I just, I don't want people to think, since we're, since we're going to be kind of ending on the negative yeah. note, I don't want people to think, you know, we hate the show. Yeah, I'm officially I, stating that I like the show. I I also do, and I, I think the reason that I have the negatives is that I love the show so much. Like I mm-hmm. I am invested in the show being better, and I'm invested in the problems that I have with it. Yeah, problems like I I honestly feel like the sh- the show lacks consistency in aspects of the mythology, like things like w- what. Like, what exactly a, a person's particular power set is, like, how strong someone is, things like that. Like, it's, like, when, like, Bo's fighting, like, how strong is Bo? How hard is a punch from Bo? Mm, okay. Like, things like that. Because, like, it's, yeah. and the, the answer in terms of this show is however strong Bo needs to be for the episode to happen. Yeah, that that actually did not bother me, just because I didn't feel like that was, uh a failure of the mythology of the show that just seemed like, I mean, it's every show does that. So it was like, I am, I almost, it's like the background radiation of a TV show. It's like, I mean, we already compared this to Buffy and in Buffy, in the Buffy verse, it's like, there's a much bigger thing that's constantly being rewritten, which is how long does it take someone to turn into a vampire? Yeah. It's, it's however long we need to wait for it to be dramatically satisfying for them to pop out of the coffin or whatever. Like, yeah. there are times when it takes days and there are times when it takes hours or times when it takes half an hour. It's, it's, it's absolutely inconsistent. And no one ever even just says, oh, yes, it depends a lot on the person, uh, the strength, the age of the vampire yeah. who sired them. No one ever even throws that out. It's I, just like, look, fucking deal with it. It's a show. I think the reason that it bothers me in this show more so mm-hmm. is because this show has so little expo log things where we're just meant to sort of absorb a lot of this information through osmosis by what we're seeing and experiencing True, of the world. Yeah. That's why I... I desire more consistency for things. That's fair. I it, that definitely did not bother me that particular example anyway. Yeah, that that, that might be strength. a bad example. Um, it's true that her strength is it is a bit inconsistent, and there's other things that felt like they were still kind of feeling them out as they were writing the first season. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, I felt such relief. There's nothing like when a character finally hangs a lantern on something that's been bothering you. So the sh- you know the show is at least saying, okay, look, we know. Give us a minute. Or we're working on it or something. Just to know that the show isn't completely ignoring this. Yeah. And for this show, it was when Bo and Dyson go back and forth. And it's not in a will they, will they, won't they, or in a, because they do right yeah. away. But it's not even in a, in a, what's the word I'm looking for? A way where they're off and on constantly. Yeah. It's like, they'll be... I'll have a fight. And then in the next episode, they're like being cute together and going like, what is going on? And then finally there's an episode where they're being over the top cute, like couple cute. Yeah. When they've fairly recently had a significant falling out over something. 
And then Trick, not Trick, Hale, the uh, siren Mm -hmm. partner of Dyson, and Kenzie kind of step aside and go, can you, what is with them? I know, I can never tell whether they're on or off. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you, show, for finally addressing that this is a thing that either you've been trying to do and just maybe handling a little bit iffy, or you weren't trying to do, but you're at least acknowledging, look, I know, they're off and on and we're kind of inconsistent about it. But just, just hanging a lantern on it, I was like, you for giving me that piece because Bo and Dyson are very like and how Lauren fits into all of that yeah it's very they kind of drop the whole Lauren and Bo flirting thing for a while and focus exclusively on Bo and Dyson and I was like don't don't fucking queer tease me in the pilot and then pull back but then they they do eventually over the course of the first season yeah it's Lauren and Bo have some significant times the the Lauren and Bo romance seems to really suffer from from some plot blocking like yeah which is is just like the oh they're together but then they can't be together why because of reason yeah but it's it doesn't feel like an organically developed thing it's 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 just it just sort of feels like a thing that had to happen because of an overarching plot not because of something that really felt earned in the development yeah. of the thing. And it happens very fast. Yeah. It's like, they kind of have like, they go on some, Dyson and Bo are on the on the outs, and Bo and Lauren go on like some dates. Yeah. And it's, it is nice that it's treated very much in a, like, well, we're just two, two people who like each other, and now we're going to go on some dates, like grown-ups. It's not a, we have this tension, and then one day we eventually made out or something, or, or yeah. like, we fell into each other's arms and had sex in this tense moment. They just go like, no, we're going to go on some dates now. And I appreciated that the queer relationship got more of a, like, normalized treatment than it being like, oh, our feelings overcame us or whatever. Yeah. Um, so at least there was that, because I was worried about, like, how's the show going to handle the queer stuff? Is it going to be good or not? And um, except for the fact that obviously Bo and Dyson's relationship gets more focus in the show, that honestly it feels right, and maybe that's just because they wanted to be the thing. But it's I'm not super mad. I yeah, uh, I suppose Dyson is very attractive. <laughs> I don't know if you feel the same way as I do about Dyson. He still looks like budget Chris Martin to me. No, I'm I'm over. I I that I, jacket I in the finale. Oh my oh, god! Oh, that jacket in the finale is a really bad jacket. That's one of the on the topic of things we don't like. His wardrobe is frigging bananas. It is, and yet it works to highlight the part of his body that I personally have a weakness for, which is the long narrow torso. I don't know why that's a thing that gets me going. My sister and I were talking about it and she said something about, yeah, there are a lot of good scenes where he has his shirt off. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not even talking about with his shirt off. He could be wearing one of those stupid leather, like braided, decorated leather vests that he wears all the time over a shirt and tie in his normal cop work. He's wearing these crazy vests. But the vest highlight, I'm like, no, the the clothes, I almost prefer the clothes to be on. I, I don't. I don't know why that works, but it does. It's just like if you had shown me a bunch of photos of him before I'd watched any of this show, I would have been like, "Is he, does he play the king of the gay vampires?" Like I don't like the outfits are so over the top, and they're very vampire y. Yeah. In my defense of being so convinced he was a vampire in that first episode, that has it's a vibe with his like weird leather and dark 
Yeah. Like blue and black exclusively dark clothes that he wears. At least he doesn't do the red and black, which is a cliche vampire right. thing. But like still, he goes for the dark colors. And I just, I don't know. I the, the costumes are ridiculous, but they work. I forgive it. I actually made a comparison one time when I was talking to my sister where the clothes they put Henry, Doc Holliday, and Anne Wayne and Earp mm-hmm. are kind of confusingly weird in a comparable way and they don't work in my opinion on him they don't do anything to make him look more attractive for some reason on dyson i forgive all of the weird costumes except that jacket in the in the finale i another negative for me is thing things that i wanted more of for various reasons and i i really wanted more exploration of hale what he what yeah. he is, what that means. Because, yeah. like, I don't really care that we're not getting a lot of info on Dyson. Because it's like, he's some sort of wolf, werewolf, like, wolfkin, whatever. Like, I, he has <laughs> he, wolf powers. Yeah, and we see done. them. Yeah. It, he uses them several times for plot reasons. He, we actually see him transform into a wolf. Although not yeah. very often. It's just fair. I'm sure it costs a lot of money to wrangle a wolf on set. Um, it's... But it comes up, it's brought up, it's it's part of his character. There's a thing where he's planning a trip where he's going to go hunting. Yeah. And Bo makes some comment about, like, oh, a cooler full of beers and an orange vest. And he goes, that's not really how I do hunting. And you're like, fucking dub, Bo. He's like, wolf, yeah. yeah. But it's like, it's kind of a fun moment. Where yeah. It's like, yeah, that's uh, not exactly <laughs> how I do it. But it's it's mentioned, it's brought up, it's established at least. We don't know that much about his people or other wolf people or anything. We don't even know if he's what he calls himself. Yeah. But it's it's sort of established in a way that feels comfortable. Whereas with Hale, we know that he's a siren in the first se- episode. He's referred to as being a siren, I think, and we see his powers. His powers are... He makes a joke about them in in the second episode about, oh, I've sung my way into lots of women's pants or something. He makes an offhand joke that may be just him goofing. Right. And then he only uses his powers, I think, one other time. Yeah, and it's oh, his power is always just like a, a, a very destructive, like, sonic beam yeah. that, like, melts or breaks things. Yeah, or hurts people. We do not see him being able to manipulate people or control them with the sound of his voice or anything like that. And that, that's what frustrates me about him is that he's kind of portrayed as this like sexy, cool customer, smooth operator kind of guy who like... But in a nerdy sort of way? Yeah. He really does not come off as actually cool. But but like, you understand what I'm saying? That like the... the he's like, hey. But yeah. then his powers are just like, I broke everything. Yeah. And There's that one episode where he uses his powers to control the the Fury who oh, murdered her yeah. husband. She didn't actually murder her husband. We thought she murdered her husband. She goes nuts because she finds her husband dead. Yeah. And he does use his abilities to sort of subdue her and yeah. control her so that she'll walk to their car and submit herself to the justice of the, of the light court willingly. But, like, that's the only one time when we see his ability not being destructive. And just and he only uses it, yeah, that time, and then the the time where he's mind controlled. He's mind controlled Kenzie. by the evil spider, and he tries to kill Kenzie. But it's like there's the, the like I feel like I, with a lot of the powers in the show, even if they're not showing it to us or explaining it to us, the showrunners know how the power works. Yeah, like tricks writing with his blood in the book. The, the whole, all the tools he has for that. Yeah. Everything we've seen of that happening, especially in the finale, like, it leads 
it leads me to believe that they have a very specific understanding of that power set and what is happening there. Yeah. And they they teased that so well because then we got the explanation. He we see him pull out the tools at one point and look at them, but then not use them. Yeah. And then there's another time where someone says, "Are you going to use will you do it if it comes to that?" Will you use your blood to save her? I think is what Dyson yeah. says. And so we go like, oh, what does that mean? Does that relate to those tools? And at some point, Kenzie sees the tools and go, oh, what's this? And he goes, something I don't use anymore. Yeah. And we're getting hints about it. And then by the end of the first season, we've seen, we know what his powers are, if loosely what they can do, and we see him actually use them. Yeah. And it reminded me, that first scene where he pulls out the tools and looks at them with this trepidation, it reminded me of in Firefly where... There's the episode where they're concerned that the Reavers are going to take over the ship, and we see um, Inara, has Inara a syringe. pulls out these, like, tools. There's, yeah. like, a syringe and some sort of thing, and, and she looks at them with trepidation. And they hint that. They never mention it again. They never resolve it. And Joss Whedon has said in interviews since then, oh, it was this very specific thing he was going to reference in season two. But, yeah. like, fans came to their own conclusion, and they thought it was something much more specific where she was going to... It but was it just was a way to... not a suicide kit. It was not a suicide kit, which Even is though never it seemed assumed. like it was that. Yeah, and I think that's what they intended you to kind of s- suppose. But at, in my opinion, that's maybe kind of the wrong way to do it. Hint the thing a single time and then drop it for the rest of the season, and the fans are just going to come to their own conclusions. This was kind of nice. They hinted, they hinted. There were different kinds of hints. He didn't just constantly pull it out and look at yeah. it. Each time it was a different kind of hint. And then by the end of the first season, we find out at least basically there's still more to be established about what it means for him to be the Blood King and be a Blood Sage and what his powers actually do. We don't even know at the end of the first season what he was writing or what he was yeah. putting in blood. But like, we it's a satisfying ending that still leaves us wanting to know more. So Sorry, I turned this into a positive. No, no. <laughs> I thought I, I had more to say about being well, mad about the I, show. I, I hated that finale as... So, because the whole season is sort of teased, like, who is Bo's mom and all yeah. this thing. And then we finally find out Bo's mom is the su- this other succubus and the, they have this confrontation. And then the confrontation has no resolution. Yeah, I, I you're, you're right. I mean, I, I in general, I ended this season more or less happy with the show. But yeah, I th- that first, that finale could have been a little more... Consistent. Bo is did feel like a little inconsistent in how she felt about her mom. Uh-huh. She was very like, well, okay, so she's evil and she manipulated me and literally tried to kill my boyfriend, but she's still my mom, so I want to give her a chance to tell her side of the story. And it's yeah. like, okay, I understand that you're like, look, I'm not ready to just completely turn on her and not get anything out of her yet because I've been searching for her for so long. But it seems like the main thing she would want would be closure on the subject of... Why did you abandon me? Yeah. That tends to be, I, from what I've heard, uh, having this experience myself, the thing that people who have been adopted, people who are or- orphans or whatever, like the one thing that they would want to know yeah. is like, why didn't you want me or something? What is I guess the not story here? Orphans. What's the story? She never even asks that. Yeah. She asks who's my dad and then drops it immediately when when Aoife is like, her mom, Aoife, Saskia, says like, don't push it or something like that. And We're not talking about that right now. But like... And for me, that's a problem because yeah. it's like you've set up these questions. You have people literally asking some of these questions in the season finale. Yeah. And you don't give like there were no satisfying answers to like any of those questions because it's also been teased like 
don't you know what like what bow is yeah beyond a succubus is this big thing that's beyond been a succubus over and beyond the daughter of this effectively war criminal that yeah. you're establishing Efo is um yeah that's and uh, unfortunately that's part the spoiler that i learned is part right. of that and it's driving me fucking bonkers that they didn't reveal it at the end of the first season I'm, because it's really hard for me to talk around right. this piece of knowledge. And I, I keep finding myself about to say something and going, rain it I in. appreciate <sighs> that you are talking around it because I do want to find out what happens next, but it, it, it's just such a classic like television thing where I feel like plot lines are being extended and protracted and characters aren't addressing things just so that we can have more story. Like the, the things are being dragged out. Yeah. And it's like, like, like even when Bo is like, was the was the evil Fay who was holding you captive? Is he my father? And her mom's just like, don't push it. Like it's like she doesn't even say no. Yeah. Or yet. Like it's it's kind of a yes or no question. Yeah. And I feel like the show is going to reveal that he is not. So almost anybody would have just said no. Like that kind of writing. Yeah. bothers me especially at coming off of the absolute high of Faye day yeah well the, yeah the problem with the the this end of the season is just Eva seems very irredeemably evil we were not really given any indication any moments any moment where she seems like she's being real with Bo yeah. are then immediately retconned to show that she was manipulating her yeah I can't believe she ate that freaking cookie. That was so obvious. Yeah. Like, also, also, can we talk about the fact that in the previous episode, at the very end, where we see Aoife Saskia with Dyson. Uh-huh. I was like, what is going on here? It's, is this going to be a dumb thing where Bo walks in and thinks she's catching them together? But then immediately they scuttled that because she immediately sussed what was happening which yeah. is that Saskia was just draining Dyson's essence there was it was barely sexy she wasn't seducing him she immediately just started hardcore pulling his out yeah. his his chi or whatever yeah and it's but the way they shot it was vaguely sexual because she's got her her legs around him she's yeah. sitting on a table with her legs wrapped around his torso and he even does a kind of thing where when he crumples which is, yeah. he then falls to the floor and is almost insensible. He's almost dead. But when he crumples, the actor does a kind of a, ugh, like a face that almost looks like an orgasm face. And it's like, yeah. weird that they're shooting it this way, but good that it's established. She immediately goes to Dyson and is like, oh my God, oh no. Yeah. But then in the next episode, they're all talking like they actually had sex. His pants were still on. They did not His have sex. His pants seemed like they were maybe like open in the front. But it really did not look like they were having sex. Yeah. At it, all. It looked like Saskia There was some, was some grinding maybe. Yeah. She was killing him in a sexy way yeah. where she was pulling on him and like wrapping her legs around him. But there was absolutely no indication that there was actual penetration which is how they acted in the, in the finale. Yeah. They, they joke about it. Like, isn't it weird that your boyfriend... Kenzie says something about, like, your boyfriend fucked your mom. Ew. And it's like, what? That didn't happen. And Bo's like, yeah, I know it is a little weird, but she's a succubus and it wasn't his... It, it's like, she's like, I've decided to forgive him because it wasn't his fault. She's a succubus. Yeah. I don't know. It was, that was a little inconsistent. It made me a little annoyed, but... 
I don't know. It's. I think that may be an instance of because they shot it for television, they could only show so much. Yeah. Or something. A- or like apparently, the, I guess like we have to assume. Behind the scenes yeah. thing. A- apparently, they meant it to be sex, and they just shot it poorly. Which is weird because on this show, they shoot the sex pretty well when it's between Bo and Dyson. There are some very racy shots. Oh yeah, there there is some some there's some like flash of nipple in this show. Which apparently you can get away with after oh, a certain time oh. in Canada. Oh really? I didn't. I didn't remember there being nipple, but there's definitely a butt shot. Oh yeah. And there's some like just some very racy like wow this show went there. I and, yeah. And I one I, of the I, things I specifically said to my sister and I like texted her was like I am consistently surprised with this show's ability to go there. <laughs> like they just we see Bo have a threesome and it's like pretty explicit. Yeah. And I, I don't really know if that's a positive or a negative, but that's a good way to end our negative yeah. segment. This show went there. This show went there. It goes all the places. All right. All right. Now that we have had our timer and we have ended, I'm pleased. I just want to say I'm really proud of us because I, I didn't want us to get too negative. I don't think we got too negative. I didn't get into one of the things I wanted to talk about because we bogged down in saying, saying too many positive things during our negative segment. But that's what... Lightning round is four. So we have a timer set for five minutes. Yep. We're about to do our lightning round. Here we go. Okay. Can I go first? Go first. Kenzie's wigs. What, what the fuck? What the fuck? Because, like, she's constantly... It is established a thing in the show that the character does wear wigs. She wears different wigs all the time. She's got pink hair in one scene and black hair in the next scene. She, We actually see her brushing her wigs there on, like, heads or whatever. However, that does not explain that first episode where she has a wig under a wig. We never see her with her natural hair. We never see hair prime. Except there is one episode where she's wearing a wig that seems uncharacteristic for her and looks really natural. And I went, is that her real hair? Is this it? But they never say anything. And she goes back to her her normal, her standard everyday wig is the dark hair with the blunt bangs. The long, straight black hair with blunt bangs. But that looks like a wig too. Yeah. The wigs get better in in the last few episodes. Which you were saying you thought maybe they did like a like a front nine and a back five or whatever. Or something like that, the thing. yeah. And it's like, but like, it's, yeah, they, they seem to get a better budget or a better stylist for the wigs. And they look less fake, but we've, I hate the wigs. We've talked about the wigs for one minute. Okay. Next topic. Kenzie and Hale's relationship. <sighs> like, on the one hand, I love that the sidekicks are pals. But they keep, like, the show can't seem to decide if they want them to be pals or have some kind of romantic thing. Like, there's, there's a thing... There's a moment they had early in the show where I was like, oh, they're so, you know, they had like a fun little moment there. I almost wish they could have a romantic thing, but it wouldn't feel genuine for those characters. And then in the the Weird Country Club episode, there's a weird moment where they're like under a table and Hale tries to kiss her, but it happens off screen and it, it's fairly poorly written and it makes no sense. But I'm glad that in the last episode, the last moment where we see Hale and Kenzie, they do a complicated like... Yeah, they have their, High like, five. best buds, like, secret handshake thing that yeah. they do. And it's not at all romantic, and I'm like, thank frickin' God. It, and he also earlier said that, like, he doesn't doesn't sleep with humans or whatever. Oh, so, does he? Yeah, he oh. says that in, like, the first or second episode. Oh, and she's I'm, like, hey, don't hit on me. And he's like, yeah, I don't fuck with yeah. humans. All right. Next okay. topic. Next topic. Uh, Trick and Kenzie. <laughs> this, is, this is all gonna be about Kenzie and yep. their relationship with people. The, I, I I gotta say, there's a lot of bad writing for Kenzie. Kenzie drives me freaking bonkers for most of the show. She does get better as the season goes on, so I have hopes that she will be better in season two. But 
Trick and Kenzie are kind of adorable together. He like immediately just like accepts her as like a bratty little sister. Yeah. And the one episode where she gets super sick, like when she gets better at the end, there's a yeah. scene where like he's feeding her and he's just looking at her like a proud papa. Like, yeah. oh my little girl. It's I love their, adorable. I love their relationship. I love when she helps him get the, the egg from the lightning bird. Yes! It's so good. Like It's great. Yeah, they have this whole little adventure, just the two of them, that's great. And sub subset of that, uh, Kenzie and Dyson's relationship. She's skeptical of him at first. She doesn't know if she trusts him because yeah. he's a cop. But then they warm up to each other like almost effortlessly. There's in the Country Club episode where she's been working all day. Yeah. She comes back to the house and Bo and Dyson are sitting on the couch. She flops down and she's like, I am exhausted. I need a foot rub. Just put her f- puts her feet up. And Dyson just starts. Just gives her a foot rub. It's, it's not so a weird sweet. moment. It's yeah. absolutely natural. She doesn't go like, this doesn't mean anything, but you look like you can give a good foot rub. I've heard things from this one or something. She just goes, I need a foot rub. And he just takes off her shoe and starts giving her a foot rub. And it's not weird. It's like they're just buds. Yeah. They're brother and sister or something. And it's, it's it, great. It is good. Uh, what is your favorite Faye race? So far. Oh, uh, I, I don't have an immediate answer for that. I don't. You you probably do since you just asked, though. I, 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 I really enjoy the, the Dead Eaters. Oh, yeah. No, that we was... talked about liking that already. Yeah. I also I also really enjoy the ones that, that are, are less specific mythology, like the ones that are just like, I'm really lucky or I'm good with math or something. Yeah. Because it, I like that there are sort of levels of like, coolness like yeah it's like i'm Faye and i'm like it's, really long it's lived the, but it's the, i'm just the world's most magical accountant yeah it's a, the spot on the wall talents which is a that's a zant thing but some yeah. everybody in the zant series has a magical ability but some people their ability is i can make a spot up here on a wall yeah not necessarily cool one thing i do want to mention because i know we're last one here we go the, where the hell is the morgan yeah she hardly ever shows up she never shows up she, she does not show up a single time. No, Tell me when she shows up after the pilot. She she shows up in the 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 the, the episode with 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 creepy uh, mind control guy. She shows up in that episode to to uh, when they're the 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 dark are trying to take Dyson, and they have him chained oh, up in the yeah, basement. Sorry, you're right. She shows up one more time. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. But. I, but, but she's generally not. She does not show up as much as you yeah. would think she would in sort of the the background of the world building that's happening. Right, here. yeah. That was our timer, but yeah. It's the, I, the Ash shows up, the Ash doesn't even show up enough for my liking, but the yeah. Morrigan only shows up that one time. At least it was a good use of her, but I expected, I expected from the pilot that the fake courts and the fight between the courts was going to be more a part of the show. And at least for the first season, the show is mainly about Bo and her relationship with Dyson, her relationship with Trick, the secrets he's keeping from her and her just doing fun, you know, detective adventures. Fun detective adventures. <laughs> All right. With occasional sex. <laughs> Parting thoughts, Sarah. Um, yeah, just I, I like the show. I'm excited. It, it definitely has parts that drove me to distraction with the badness, but I have confidence and I'm I'm overall, I'm, I'm mostly willing to ignore the, the bad things because I want more of this show and I want more of everything. At some point with my sister and I talking about it, she was like, I was complaining about Kenzie and she goes, please don't give up on the show yet. And I went, oh no, 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 you've misunderstood this situation. It would take so much Kenzie bullshit to make me give up Dyson. <laughs> it's just never going to happen. 
Oh, oh, strangely. One last thing before we finish. Yes. Oh, wait, do you have parting go, thoughts? No, go, I'll save my parting thoughts. Go ahead. Give me the give me the what. So the big spoiler I ran into, which is like load-bearing plot stuff, which I am absolutely never going to tell you until it's until revealed I on the show. It. I ran into another way more mild, arguable spoiler that's just a casting spoiler. Uh-huh. That, which is that an actor that you and I are both familiar with is going to show up in season two or three. I think possibly not until season three. Who is it? Do you want to know? I want to know. Tell me this at least. Tim Rosan, Henry, Doc Holliday. What? What? Get a bit on what? Because because you guys, Canada is a very small country. (laughs) I don't know if you knew this. Canada, tiny. It's very small. (laughs) <laughs> it's not it's not the the breadth and width of the US plus some. It's actually just like one city. Everybody knows each other. Well, and one of the producers or showrunners or something on Lost Girl also producer showrunner. Yeah. Lead creative the, on Winona Earp. It there is a there is a similarity. Yeah. I, at first I thought I was just drawing similarities because I did know they were both from Canada and we watched them practically back to back, but no, there's 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 similarities between these shows. Is, it's what's weird is that the parts that Lost Girl is nailing are the parts that went on a fucked up, in my opinion. But let's not go too far past our timer because that would be breaking the rules. And have, what are rules for? I have a couple of parting thoughts. Okay, go for it. Uh, I love all these characters and I want to see more things happen with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this world. Like, it's just, I love the world more every episode. Like, yeah. it's it's just, the deeper they go, the better it is. Clearly, whoever wrote the series Bible for this, like, went all in. Yeah. Like, there is a great, massive, beautiful, unpublished fantasy novel that disappeared into the series Bible for this show, and I'm so happy about that. Yeah. I, I, I'm definitely still very excited because they are teasing out some big big elaborate world stuff here yeah. um we still don't know so much about the the more specifics of the things that we have already learned that i'm really looking forward to and i feel like somebody maybe warned me that seasons two and three don't i mean there's a reason it got canceled after season three that maybe it doesn't live up to all of the things that they tease got and... canceled after season three did did it oh. come back Oh, I thought I thought there were only three seasons. There are five. There are five. There are five. Oh, never mind. Good five seasons. That's enough time for a show to to sew up everything. If if a show doesn't sew up everything that they introduced in season one by season five, you just and and introduce new things by then, there's something wrong with yeah. you. Yeah. Well, I think that's as good a place as any to end this episode. Yeah. So. Thank you for listening to Pilot House. You can find us online at pilothousepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at pilothousepod. You can email us at pilothousepodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to support the show because you have enjoyed listening to us ramble about all this garbage, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash pilothouse. It's just a cute internet tip jar. You can buy us some coffees, quote unquote. We will probably actually spend it on Dick's Burgers. Because that is a thing that we like way more than is good for us, probably. Yep. Please sponsor us Dick's Burgers. <laughs> Dick's driving. Please please give us money. <laughs> you could just give us, honestly, you could just give us uh, gift cards, gift certificates. Yeah. That would be good enough. That would, that would be good that. enough. Uh, until next time, folks, we uh, hope that this finds you all well, and we will see you all soon. Bye! Bye. <laughs> that was a cute... Oh,
Well, we hope that this finds you all well, and we'll see I you don't soon. Know. I, got, that's more I, how I sign off my podcast. I know, I know. I can I see I you going. Oh. I, lo- I lost the plot for a second oh, here. Yeah, I was like, what? What podcast? Hope that this finds you all well. I'm like, what? That's not. I feel like I should put in the little guitar strum noise that is the intro and outro on Pochmancier. There we go.